From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for the week of April 27th, 2011 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Walter Eccles, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi, Kathy Worling, Teresa Eccles, Emet, Emet, that's, that's your new married <laughs> that's name, is Emet, uh, Yvette and Emil Van Leeuwen, uh, Scott Smith and Max the Intern back in the peanut gallery. In this episode, we are going to talk about our good friend, Bob Varley, uh, who passed away three years ago this week. And uh, every year we like to do something on the show to memorialize him, even though we do call the studio that we record in the Bob Varley studio. Um, and, uh, you know, there are you know new people listening to the show all the time. There's a lot of people listening to the show that, you know, weren't listening when Bob was here. And uh, for those people, I know a lot of you go back and listen to old shows. Um, so uh, that's the best way you can get to know Bob, because that's how everybody listening to the show got to know Bob, uh, by, by, by his unique perspective on things, uh, not to mention his unique Boston accent. That was the source of much amusement for us um, some of the funniest things that have ever happened on this show and that probably ever will happen on this show came from Bob yes you know I think of pig dude um, is the first one that comes to mind for the new listeners we have a, uh, a show the best of Bob show you should uh, let, yeah May 20th 2008 it's a primer yeah <laughs> it's a good primer on on the best of Bob and or just, I mean, I would go back and, I mean, most people do, when they start listening, go back and listen to the archives, you know, from way back when he was on every show. And in my opinion, you know, it's just like with any radio show, you, you really get to know him, you, even if you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's hard to believe it's been three years. Bob was authentic on the air and off the air. There was no difference. Unlike Teresa. There's <laughs> a big phony on the air. Hi, I'm Teresa. I'm nice. She's like, where the heck did that come from? She's like, I'm just sitting here. I just got blasted out of left field. Hey, Teresa's my buddy. She was my roommate. She's awesome. Yeah, I think they got close in California. A little girl-on-girl action? I think maybe. There was a whole day we didn't have any clothes, right? (laughs) They spent the day in their room a little nude. (laughs) I think I've seen that movie. Back to Bob. Oh, no, they lost our luggage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't you just... Why doesn't somebody hold that mic so that there's just an awful lot of noise every time that mic's taken so out of So it doesn't sound like a hurricane? Um, the, um, uh, it, it's, just, it's hard to believe it's been, it's been three years. It's very yeah. strange. Since, uh, the only reason I know is because a couple of days after we found out we were pregnant. Which was really, right. it was it was kind of heartbreaking because I'd always look for it. I thought Bob would be a really good, you know, Uncle. grandfather yeah. or like, you know, Florida grandfather because ours are far away. So. We were sitting in Trails End, reviewing the buffet at Trails End and got a call from Corey. 
Yeah, Corey, unfortunately, was the one that had to be the bearer of bad news that day. And John kept saying, I don't understand what you're saying. And, well, I didn't even understand what I was yeah, saying. Cause I, I'm, I'm like, did you hear from Bob or, you know, some, yeah. something's not right. We tried to get out of the back of Fort Wilderness, which is a hard place to just leave from. Right. Because you still have to take another form of transportation to get to your form of transportation. Um one of the things is that this was very sudden for all of us. It wasn't as if Bob were ill or we knew that he had any problems. It we just saw him the night before at a play. Right. We had fun. seen the play Wicked the night before. Yes. Yep, that's right. We had all gone to see Wicked. and uh, We had a show scheduled the next day, and Bob Bob said he was going to be late. He wasn't feeling well, right. and that well, wasn't was, like yeah, Bob. Well, no, he called me. He'd call, uh, no, he, he called, called you. John. He called John, and John called me saying, is it okay if we postpone the show a day because bob isn't feeling well and john told me i got out of the shower and john said to me we have to cancel the show bob's not feeling well that, that never happened before i called bob and i said bob are you okay he said yeah i just am not feeling well i said are you sure you're okay oh, i thought he had food poisoning sounds right. like very unlike him. but it's mm-hmm. so it was so unlike him that i couldn't believe that he was sick enough to cancel a show so i called to check on him yeah, I mean, and it, it was it was very sudden. It was a, a, a massive heart attack is what ultimately killed him. And uh, It's my understanding that he had something very similar to what John Ritter had. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just it came out of nowhere because Bob wasn't somebody who was ever sick, as Kevin pointed out. I mean, you know, no history of a heart uh, illness. And, and uh, you know, even though there was heart disease in his family... Um, Bob's also not someone who went to the doctor enough. No. No, he didn't. And he ate whatever he wanted. Oh, and a lot of it. (laughs) And a lot of it. But, you know, uh, Bob brought something to the show and to the site, especially before the show, um, that is – it was just so unique. It's completely irreplaceable. I mean, there's just no way that that – because he just had this different perspective on things. And it was very unique. It was very uniquely Bob. And really the only way to get that is to go back and listen Mm -hmm. to some of the shows that he did. Because if you listen to enough of Bob's segments, you kind of you kind of start picking up what that, you know, that unique perspective on things was. And you know you know, Bob's I think Bob's greatest hallmark was his generosity. Um, and not so much a generosity in, in terms of giving money or things like that, but a generosity of spirit. Oh, yeah, completely. He, giving time right. and you know, effort to certain things <laughs> that you may have been doing. When we moved out of our apartment into our house, he didn't offer to help us move. He, he insisted <laughs> that he was going to come help well, us I, move. And he's, that's, he's and he carrying Brian stuff. Help. He's carrying <laughs> stuff you know, from uh, the third floor of our apartment with a boot on. Stuff over his head, I'm like Bob, you are just crazy. <laughs> oh, he's he was nuts, and I, I said that during his eulogy, that Bob was there, whether you wanted him there or not. <laughs> Bob was there. Bob and I, and J- John and I, lived on opposite sides of Orlando from Bob. We lived; it was an hour, yeah, an hour apart, and we would have to tell Bob sixty-two times before we went anywhere. I don't want you coming to St. Cloud to drive me to the airport. It's easier. It's, I mean, it's an hour each way for you. Yeah. We'll just get, now I want to come pick you didn't up. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. It did not matter. 
Well, the day we, li- we moved into here, he was here. And the van broke down. And the most moving, people would have well, just... Well, yeah, well, the, the moving... We, lived, we were living in... I was living in downtown. And the moving van broke down at my house, at the apartment I was living in. And so we got here a lot later. Bob was here from sun up to sundown. It was after 10 o'clock, I think. And cleaned this house from top to bottom. Every square inch of this house was immaculate. Didn't ask him to do that. Um, But you didn't have to with Bob. It's just how he was. Bob had an expression. You would say you wanted to do something, and Bob would sit there and think about it, and then he'd say to you, all you need is... And you'd think, okay, here it goes. And all you needed was a repainted old bread delivery truck, 42 rolls of duct tape, and, you know, a car battery from a 32 Packard. And you'd think, oh, I don't have boxes. any of that crap. Well, I mean, yeah, duct tape and banana boxes, this was the, the fiber of life for Bob. <laughs> um, everything. I mean, because he, he would build furniture out of banana boxes. He would make beds and tables. and We're moving out of our house, and what am I cleaning out of my closet? Banana boxes. And then duct tape. He had duct tape on everything. And that was, you know, he was just, I mean, that, again, that was Bob. In October, you would find him in the park with Christmas lights duct taped to the front of his cot. Yeah, for those, for the, uh, for those who don't know, Bob... Uh, Bob had had a work injury many years ago that affected his ankle. And he wasn't able to stand for long periods of time, really. And he wore a, a support boot. Um, that's why you know, I gave him the name Shabuti, because he had a shoe on one foot and a boot on the other. Um, and so when he was going around the parks, he had his, his ECV, or his EVC, as he would call it. His cat. His cat. And uh, some of the videos that we have up on YouTube are called Cart Cam. Because among the modifications that Bob made to his cart was he put a, like a, a camera mount for a video camera on the back of his cart and then would drive through um, would, would drive through the parks videotaping. I think one of the funniest ones we ever did was uh, a few years back we did send Bob to the parks for Star Wars oh, weekends. Yeah. And that was a very fun video to put together and it still cracks me up when I watch it. Uh, we'll have to put a link to that in the show notes page. Oh, excuse me. Have you ever seen Bob put the, the cart in his van? No. It, it, no, it was two by fours. He had to turn away. He's like two by sixes and seven. He's driving all around. He's got his foot up and everything. He gets to his, his van, and all of a sudden he wheels out these two by fours. <laughs> <laughs> and he drives the cart up into the that van. Were, that were somehow longer than the entire van. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did you fit these two by fours in the car? Well, it's his like van. Mary Poppins carpet bag. And at any minute they could have fell off, and he didn't care. Whoop. You, you couldn't watch. I could not watch right. him put that card into that van because you knew something awful oh, was going to happen. That van. Oh. I wanted to buy hubcaps for it in the worst way. <laughs> well, yeah, the van was kind of old and beat up. And uh, what was uh, funny, every piece of paper that man ever touched in his life was in that van. Well, I don't even remember what kind of, kind of van it was, but on the back of it, it the said Dodge es- Caravan. Espresso. And it was in this sort of purpley plum mm-hmm. red wine color. Right. It was like the Plymouth version. It was the Plymouth Voyager. Oh, yeah. And it was it, that it was purpley sort of... color, yeah. The espresso. It was just, it was too funny. And, like, you know, like all these things, all these eccentricities, just, you know, was what went into making him so unique. The other thing is, if you would make plans with Bob, Bob did a recon- reconnaissance run first. Yes, because everything had to be timed. Mm-hmm. And he'd say to you, he'd call you, and he'd say to you, where are you right now? 
I say, I'm on I-4, or I'm on the turnpike. Well, I'm standing in a really good parking spot. I'll stay here till you get yeah, here. Yeah, no, this is exactly what he do. No. <laughs> I was going to say, there's Bob Angel's heart music. <laughs> you know, or, if he had been alive when Ferris was born, I have a feeling that he would have showed up and asked if he wanted us you know, to film the delivery. I have oh, a oh. feeling. <laughs> That he would have been there. So oh, I worry. I have a camera if you want me to come in and film asked. this. I think you would have how, many of you, how many of you st- are doing things and think every once in a while, Bob would love this? Oh, all the, it we, happens you know, all the time. Facebook. I, I know. I think he would oh, love Facebook. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the kind of following he'd have on Facebook? He would have the most oh, friends. Wow. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Picture the Twitters. You know, uh, I, I think about that every time we, we do an event. Every time. Like when I was out in the Mediterranean last year. Um, he would have been. I, I would. I, there would be no way for me to put something like that together and Bob not be there. These backstage magic trips to California. He probably he, would have wanted to be on every one. He'd have paid his own way on every one. Yeah. would have. If I said to him, if because he did this sometimes, to like I don't know if it's to guilt me or what, but there were times he wanted to go and the money just wasn't there. And I said, Bob, I can't. I, so he would just pay his own way. And I was like, Oh my god. Oh, everything we do now, I think of him. I think he would love this. Every, Covering oh, the dream, he would. Oh, the dream, oh, he would have been insane. Ships. He would have been driving through that ship on his ECB. He found details and things that you know. I think the average person just doesn't see. He would go cover an event, uh, say Flower and Garden Festival, the first day. He would drive to my house and hand me about four CDs of photos, and one CD would be labeled Flowers. And there would be like 300 to 500 photos, close-up photos of just flowers. Just a whole CD of just the rose garden. I'm like, Bob, you, you really expect me to put 300 photos of close-ups of roses on the site? <laughs> you know, but that's what he, you know, he, he found it, details it, and it, everything. Well, you know, at one point it was, uh, he went through his sign phase <laughs> where every picture he took was a sign. And I said, you know, this would be great, Bob, if our website was the signs of Walt Disney World. But, you know, <laughs> people want, don't want to see the signs. They want to see the building. They want to see the location. Give them something a little bit more interesting in the photo. He also loved buying signs because in our California trip, he bought a lot of the signs we have up on the wall. Yep, yep. He was, he was a sign guy. But, uh, you know, just he, he was, but as a friend, he was uh, singular um, in his loyalty, his devotion. When Bob passed, I said to John, I feel like my Orlando safety net is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was that guy. He was that guy. You could count on. You knew. For any time, day or night. And he was one of the few yeah. people, you know, he was one of the few people you didn't feel guilty about calling he's the guy you call if you you know you go to jail you know what yeah. i'm saying like you call bob because he would be there and or he if would you help broke you. down along the right. road and somewhere i just you think of something extreme that and bob lived for that it was never uh all right i'll come help you out type thing it was like if he heard that something happened and you didn't call him to mm-hmm. help yeah. he was upset yeah. we used to go out to dinner there was a bunch of us that would go out to dinner every saturday night and i would call bob saturday morning and i'd say hi bob and he'd say okay I'm, i'll go i said, well <laughs> you don't know what i'm going to say he doesn't say it doesn't matter are you going i'd say yeah i'm going he'd say that i'm going to you don't care where don't care where i'll go it was his that was his way that was his way and like i said as a friend <clears throat> You know, that's the kind of friend you come across maybe once in your life. Yeah. If you're lucky. 
you come across a friend like that. I mean, just somebody who no matter what happens, doesn't matter how awful or how terrible or how monster, it didn't matter. He was there. He was there. And, uh, you know, it, you... And I'm, you know, because, you know, we, we, we can't sit here and say that he didn't get on our nerves sometimes. Oh, no. um, I'm sorry. If that's, if you're truly friends, right. you know each other inside and out and you, you know, you get on each other's nerves. Absolutely. And you can have fights and you can do things that each other doesn't like. And in the end, it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. And no, it never but mattered. But isn't that the Bob. relationship you have with all the people that mm-hmm. you're really close to? That's what it should be. It was, with Bob, it was... <sighs> With Bob, it was a little different. Um, He would, I mean, there were times where, you know, especially we'd be in the middle of something big and, you know, he wants to go off and do this crazy thing and it would just drive me insane. It's like, okay, come on, can we just, you got to focus. You got to take the Ritalin, calm down, breathe (laughs) and focus because we can't do that right now. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. We just, we got to do this right now. My favorite Bob memory is on uh, Christmas Eve, a candlelight processional, and Bob's mom had started to drift. However, Bob sat there. We sat. There, I sat right next to them. She sang every single word to every single Christmas carol, and he just sat there and watched her and cried. Mm-hmm. And then the next year after she had passed, we all went... We all went and we all sat there and sang Christmas carols. Yep, he was. Um, that was another one of his favorite things. That candlelight processional. He loved candlelight processional, and uh, the way he was with his mom. You bring up his mom. You know, his mom had Alzheimer's, and uh, you really saw. You really saw the. Uh, you really saw the kind of person he was. The kind of compassion that he had. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. I, in, in, I, I, I'm not going to say I didn't appreciate the kind of person he was when he was alive, but I will say I appreciate it more since he's passed. It's one of especially those given, especially given some of the experiences that I've had and we've had with friends and people on the site that turned out not to be who we thought they were. And you realize how rare and special someone like Bob is. And friends no matter what. Friends no matter what. And real that's a that's a real friend. That's a real friend. Somebody he was, who liked you for who you were, not were, for what you could do. Right. And not as part of some kind of popularity contest. Um Bob loved the attention that the show gave but it made absolutely no difference in his devotion and dedication to the site and to his friends. Um, he loved being a part of. That's all he wanted. That's all he wanted. That's all he ever asked me for. He never asked for anything. He just wanted to be a part of us and what we did. And, you know, Bob came into the... Uh, Bob came into the this you know uh, uh, came into my life and John's life on the site very early on. I'm going to say it was like within the first year. But just as a fan, correct? Uh, well, he started out as as a 
He started out on the boards. We made him a moderator. Wilderness. Wilderness. He was wilderness on the boards. We made him a moderator. And then I met him. He was down for one of his... He was still living in Massachusetts. He was down for one of his golf uh, convention things that he would go to. And we had dinner at the Swan uh, back when Palo was there. It's where El Molino is now. And... It was him and a couple of his, his good friends, a couple of his golfing buddies. And uh, <laughs> out comes this guy is carrying this massive folder full of papers <laughs> with all ideas for what we could do on the site. Now, understand, I had never talked to this man in person before, never met this man. Uh, he was a moderator on the boards. He had, you know, people. He was popular on the boards. People loved him. And I, and he, you know, it, when you first meet Bob, you know, especially back in those days, he kind of had this gruff, almost off-putting personality. Like, because he, he's not somebody that you would expect to wear his heart in his sleeve. Or, you know, when you first meet him, you don't know him. You have no context. You haven't talked to him on the phone. No nothing. This is just your first meeting. You know, he just was weird. And then the the binder comes out with like, I'm like, oh, my God, this man is insane. And everything was handwritten, I'm sure. Every, of course, handwritten. Except for the stuff that was photocopied at the smallest size you could possibly yes. imagine. Yes. Photocopied or printed at the, yeah. The oh, we teased him constantly because he would bring these things to the podcast that he couldn't even see. The man wore glasses, and this, the font was still too tiny. And he other, highlighted the entire thing. The other thing was, he, w- <laughs> he would take out a highlighter and highlight everything on the page, and you'd, uh, you'd say to him, doesn't that sort That's of... not the purpose of the highlighter. <laughs> doesn't that sort of defeat the purpose? It is. It's so Bob. Oh, my God. It is so Bob. He would highlight every word on the page, and you'd think... But he had, you know, he had wonderful ideas. Some of his ideas were just absolutely out of left field. Do we still have his bag here? Yeah, and there's a whole, there's a whole like notebook in there of ideas. Oh no, I haven't thrown anything away. I won't. But it was like, I don't think the rest of us combined bring this much stuff. No, No, I mean, well, he would literally come in here with a rolling, like which would carry luggage on type thing. Full with boxes full of files uh, with that, little tabs on them, little tabs, <laughs> color coded tabs on them. And no matter what the topic was, Bob had a piece of paper. He'd say, "Wait a minute," and he'd be flipping through <laughs> yeah. whatever, trying to find it. And that was that was Bob. I mean, and you know, it, it just you know, it was it was hilarious. Do you remember his little train, the the little thing he had oh, that he pushed the train? Rooted. Um, our kids I'm pretty, have it. I'm pretty no, sure it's still on. Have it. Oh, your kids have and it, and they okay. love it. Ferris will bring it to me and ask me to push it over and over. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he loves that. That is that. That's funny. Yeah, I mean these and and you know when when someone passes, you know the pain gets easier over time, but you never forget. No way. You never forget. I mean, he's on my mind constantly. It's very hard for me to sit in this room uh, without thinking. Of, well, he uh, sat next to you and I. Yeah. I mean, you know, right where Walter is. Yeah. We used to play dominoes. Bob taught us how to play this game called Train Dominoes. And we all used to get together, and we would go out to dinner on Saturday. Was that like Bob Golf? No, this actually had rules. Okay. (laughs) Um, However, the idea was that you had to get rid of all your dominoes. I'm sure other people know how to play. Bob loved nothing better. He would sit next to his wife than doing something which would screw up 
Diana's game. Diana's game. And she would get so angry with him. And then he'd start that, I'm really sorry, honey. And then he'd look at the rest of us and wink. I'm really sorry, honey. Well, yeah, you you have to look up the show. I think it might even be in the best of the Bob Golf show where he explains what Bob Golf is. So if you're a golfer. I still don't understand. It's it's basically make up your own rules. Yeah. But his, you know, but this was such a great analogy for Bob. Um he loved the game and if he didn't like the rules or the rules weren't particularly convenient to him, he made up his own. And sometimes that would drive you insane. But as he points out in that show on the Bob Golf segment, we're just we're there to have fun. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to have fun and we're going to play our own game and have fun. And that was said that was just so quintessential Bob. It was That's quintessential Bob. The life is good sticker that he had on like everything. Mm-hmm. You know, the cart. He wore the shirt. He wore the hat. Um, that's how he felt, genuinely. Well, because life was but good. Life was good. And it was. I mean, he is a person who I don't think had any complaints about, you know, about life in general. I and think that he wasn't that every, kind. He wasn't he that kind of person. About it. And let's not be a Pollyanna about it. Bob had some stuff going on in his life that oh, were very well, difficult. I'm, well, I know well, that. I'm not saying you're yeah. saying that. For right. people out there to know. It's not like Bob led the perfect life. He had some difficulties. But he had that attitude. He always looked for the best side of stuff. Always. Always looked for a way to and make there, it positive. No, didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't a whiner at all. He sat here and we used to tease. We used to tease Bob. I think he's the only one who wouldn't like get their feelings hurt about teasing. <laughs> well, I think I think to some degree there he's were times say something that I already agree with. There were times that he did. Um, he oh. just held it well. I also think Bob knew. Bob created a role for himself. Right, and this was actually a problem in the early days of the show. Bob was Bob. You know what? what like I remember when like the first few shows when he was getting laughs and it was natural because it was a natural bobism and then what started happening was he started manufacturing them and I remember saying to him I think this is the smartest thing I ever said to the man was you don't need to play a role you just need to absolutely be authentic Bob and that's it you don't have to you don't have to try and make people laugh. You don't have to just be yourself. I'm telling you, people will be attracted to that. And it absolutely worked. It absolutely worked for him, as opposed to doing shtick. Right. But he also understood that accepting the role of the underdog at that, as we would make fun of him, it made him ingratiated to people. Mm. Instead of trying to, to come right. back. And well, some to... people would get mad at us. Yeah, for right. We got emails earlier on. Oh, yeah. I got, I got hate mail. Leave Bob alone. <laughs> but he understood that, that that's what was part of his Leave. personality. Well, it just, it, it, what bothered me to a degree about that was, you know what? We have a relationship with this man. Right. You listen to him on a show. Um, don't assume that because you've listened to him for a couple of years on the show that you know him. Don't you remember as I well used to tell people, listen, we go out with Bob every Saturday night. Yeah. When we leave the house to travel, we travel with Bob and Diana Varley. On holidays, we're at Bob and Diana's house. And I, it finally got to the point, don't you remember the conversations yeah. we would have to him? Bob, you have to let people in on the joke. That right. In let on the know fact that, that not, you know yeah. what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's, and eventually he did. Yeah. It, 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 
you know, again, it was quintessential. That's quintessential Bob. But all he ever needed to do was just be himself. And that was it. And to this day, the most stunning thing that has ever happened on our discussion boards, and then believe me, there's been some stunning things that have happened on our discussion boards. But the most amazing thing to me was the outpouring that took place when he died. If you go back to April of 2008, the end of April, and, and look at that thread. We have a link at the bottom on the podcast page of all sorts of, sorts of links to all the Bob stuff. It's I can't do it. Well, I'm just saying I'm to, for our listeners, um, if, if you go back and look at that, that thread and see how many people just from and many from all over the world the grief 52 pages and it wasn't even um it wasn't condolence just you know condolences per se i mean this was real grief yeah people were upset too they were crying they They were were, grieving for someone that they may have not even met before and it was it was stunning to us it was absolutely stunning to us and also very uh comforting a testament very comforting too um that you know, other people saw what we saw. Other people, you know, kind of did get to know him to a degree. Uh, I think you'd only get to know somebody so much if you're listening to them in a one-way conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for, especially for us, though, I mean, he was like a brother. He was like a brother to many of us. And, you know, yeah, there was a time, I mean, for a year after he died, I couldn't mention his name without getting hysterical. So, you know, yes, as time has gone on, the pain has has lessened. But the memory and the strength of the memory and the impact that he made on my life, uh, the impact that he made on the lives of everyone sitting at this table, most of the people sitting in this room, um, many of the people listening to this show right now, um, all by being authentic and not insincere and having an open heart to anyone who came into his path, no matter who they were. That is why everyone loved Bob, because he was authentic. He wasn't a phony. He didn't play sides. He wasn't out jockeying for a popularity contest. He didn't need to. He was himself. He was himself. And it's very difficult for a lot of people, some more than others, to do that. Especially in the day of, of social media and hiding behind a computer. And well, that's it. That's it. You know, you know, people hide behind the computers and, you know, have things to say they would never say to your face. And that wasn't Bob. Well, not at all. Bob was who Bob was on the boards, on the show, after the show. At home, Bob was Bob. You got what you saw was what you got, and uh, I do miss. You know, he always used to bring us all lunch. When I eat a sub, I think about Bob. <laughs> yeah, he subs. would bring subs, those great subs from that place near his house. But um, yeah, we do. We miss him. But do you know how much he loved the fact that we liked his subs better than other people's yeah. subs? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he came back to our house one day after the show because we didn't have time to eat the subs that day. He's like, you didn't come to your house and eat my sub? (laughs) Sure, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 
he wanted to be the guy you went to. And he was. He was. You know? And like I said, in, you know what would, would amaze me is he'd meet somebody for the first time, and if they mentioned that, you know, they needed to find a hotel room or something, uh, no, you come stay at my house. I got, I got an extra room. I have a Murphy there. bed. The Murphy bed. Always <laughs> with the Murphy bed. <laughs> and that was just him. He just gave you the shirt right off his back, literally would give you the shirt right off his back. You may not want to see him walking around without a shirt on, but... Uh, you know, that was just the kind of guy he was. It was just the kind of guy he was. And it's uh, it's nice to reminisce about him without... Getting terribly upset. Getting terribly upset. Um, and But at the same time, you know, just because we do this once a year doesn't mean that an awful lot of time goes by we don't think of him. We think of him all the time. And that's why I wanted to name this room that we record in the Bob Varley studio so that his name will forever be attached to what we do. Um, he may not be here, in, and I know this sounds trite, but it's true. I, he may not be here in, in body, but my God, he is always here in spirit. I don't think there's ever a time we don't feel him, his presence here. Um, more so when we do special events and things like that. Um, but uh, we miss him. We miss him. I think that's goes without saying i know a lot of you miss him for those of you who did not get the chance to know bob through the show or in person i really encourage you to go back and listen to some of those shows that he was on and get to know him get to know him and uh, know that what you're hearing is authentically bob that it's not a song he would get us into tear rolling down your face fits of laughter oh no there was some funny stuff there was some funny funny stuff and I'm not going to say he didn't pitch us some softballs uh, to get that ball rolling. But uh, there's the episode we did, which shan't be named. Where <laughs> <laughs> please, that shan't please, be named. <laughs> where he just kept going. Oh no, he was feeding it. He was and feeding the, it. And he, the, the more we derailed it, the more he would try and keep it on track, which made it even. Fun. I've gone back. I have that on my iPod. And I've gone back and listened to it. And just listening to him gets me giggling. Oh, no, there were some, some great segments, boy. He had some great, great segments. I will say my overall favorite thing he ever did for the site or the show was that Star Wars, when we did that Star Wars thing, Send Bob to the Park. Um, that, that, was, that, was my, that was my very favorite thing uh, we ever did with him. And uh, I really wanted to make that a regular thing. Do you remember when he came in, he had found a website that showed you how to fold a piece of paper into a note that you could stick in your pocket? Do you all remember this? It was his his precursor to the iPad. It was an organizer. He showed me this website. And what you did was you folded a piece of paper in half. And then you folded it in half again. And you could write notes on it. And when you were done, you could unfold it and use the other side. And I said, Bob. This is what other people call a note. <laughs> you write yourself a note. No, but there's a website which shows you how to fold it. And I say, didn't you learn that a long time ago? <laughs> it's just a piece of Again, paper. Again, quintessential, Bob. But I found a website that shows you how to do it. I got it. It's a, it's a note. It's a pocket note. But he was very disappointed that none of us were excited about his paper folding note. Quintessential, Bob. So that will do it for our little trip down memory lane. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next time 
with another episode of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening, everyone, and remember, keep bobbing your thoughts. Thanks.